And we are live. Welcome to episode 46 of TLC Tech Learn Coffee. I'm your host, Nancy Minicozzi, and uh, Lisa is away on some family business. So it's just me tonight with our guest, Susan Stewart. Uh, I'm an instructional tech coach in Northwest LA County and just want to remind our listeners that we have a 15 minute format because ain't nobody got time for more than that. This week's coffee fact, according to an article in the New York Times, coffee drinkers don't really have much to gain from the smart kitchen trend. You know, we all love our techie gadgets, but moving the buttons off of your coffee maker onto a smartphone will not solve the big problem, which is that if you put coffee in the machine the night before, it's stale by the time you brew it in the morning. So we'll just have to uh, keep dreaming. So as I mentioned, tonight's guest is Susan Stewart, and she's going to be talking to us about Little Global Citizens. So Susan, thanks for coming on. Tell us a bit about yourself, who you are, and what you do. So my name is Susan Stewart, as Nancy said, and I am an instructional technology coach as well in the Central Valley area. I work in a small district called Fowler, and I have about 2,400 students, and um, I love my job. I'm so fortunate. And uh, additionally, I do a lot of exciting travel to get to share these awesome ideas with teachers everywhere, and I am so fortunate to get to go and share. That's my favorite thing to do. Oh, that's great, and the people that you get to share with, I'm sure, are just very thankful. Um, so tonight we're talking about global citizenship and global learning. These are really big ideas. How do you meaningfully develop the concepts with kids that are so young? Well, so I have to rewind a little bit to my own understanding of this word, because like we mentioned like global learning and global citizenship. And even in my own head, I don't think I really had a full understanding of what that meant until I went to the Innovator Academy in London. And I found myself sitting at a table with 36 educators from 12 different countries, having these amazing edu conversations. And I realized how small I was in this great big world. And it made me want to come back to the classroom and think, how do we set those foundations of global awareness in little learners, right? Because primary grades is all about foundations. We set foundations for reading by teaching letters and sounds. Set foundations in you know math and numeracy. So where could we start? And I think for me, where you start, how do you meaningfully develop it is even with just some geo-awareness. Because um, we read children's books to young children and we talk about maybe characters going different places in the world. And they don't even know what that means. Right, our char characters mm -hmm. might travel here. Jack and Annie go so many places, but do kids have a concept of what that global awareness really is? So, um, starting with geo, that's I think the foundation, right? Um, local awareness, regional awareness, then we build global awareness from there, um, and it gives students an opportunities to start understanding like how they're alike and how they're different from people all around the world. Right, so talking about communities, our local community, and then branching out. Mm -hmm. So what are some examples of what those K2 students can do globally if we're building that awareness? So there's already a lot of amazing uh, global projects going on. Um, the Global Read Aloud, of course, the Global Read Aloud allows uh, young learners to read a book that others around the world are reading at the same time. And just having those conversations, because we all have something unique and 
similar to talk about. So that global read aloud is a great um, foundation piece to have them connecting to students around other parts of the world, um, as well as something simple like International Dot Day, right? It's such a fun little concept, how we can all make our own mark. Those are um, two really popular concepts going on, the Global Read Aloud, International Dot Day. But then also we start wanting to have our students connect to causes that are relevant to them. We can participate in global projects, but how do we make sure they understand it? You know, community food drives are great for that local, but um, we had TK students a couple years ago uh, raise almost 5,000 pairs of socks for Socktober. And because even a five-year-old, like a five-year-old can understand that idea of keeping your feet warm, like that's something they get. So when we realize that students all around the world and we can start looking at maps of students who are participating in this same project, raising awareness for people around the world, right? Uh, it's connecting kids to others just like them. And um, in the show notes, we'll put links to these events so that um, if you're listening and you want to know more about them, you can go ahead and click on them and uh, find out more about them because they are truly great projects. I've participated in um, Global Read Aloud and in Socktober and um, they're terrific. And I love the idea of showing them the map of making the local and then showing them the map of everybody else that's doing it and how they're part of a greater um, group of people that are all working towards the same goal. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, we can get that kind of fixed regional or even local awareness. I tell a joke, I was recently in South Carolina for something and someone was talking about um, Chris Kraft, who was one of the presenters, like, oh yeah, Crafty has um, three degrees from USC. And in my head, I'm like, go Trojans, right? I'm such a Southern California girl. USC only means one thing, and that's the University of Southern California. But then it clicked to me when they all gave me a funny look. Oh wait, we're in South Carolina. USC means something different there, but I have such a narrow mindset because I haven't had as much of you know, exposure to that and just being aware that, wait, the world is bigger than me and where I come from. There's a great big world out there. So it's, it's funny you mentioned that because I had a similar situation um, with USD, which to me is University of San Diego, but apparently to most other people, it's South Dakota. So yeah, we're very insulated of, I think everybody is, it's it's just how it's human nature. And so I love the idea of starting young so that kids get that idea as a, like you were saying, as a foundation. Yeah, me on the map, this is my place. And you know, how many of us read multiple Jack and Annie books? We go Magic Treehouse all around the world. Something as simple as just dropping a pin. Oh, this is where Egypt is when we read the book about Jack and Annie and oh, Here's Ireland when we read about the Vikings, giving them some physical connection, some just visible way to see all the other places in the world behind beyond their little neighborhood. So yeah, that's great. But so and you know you could do that physically or on a Google Map or both. Um, but a lot of early primary teachers are reluctant to allow their students to use the internet. So how do you break down that barrier? Or maybe it's not important for them to use the internet. I don't, what do you think? Well, here's the reality. They're already connected, right? They've got the whole world of information like right in their hands. 
I often tell the story of my own children. They want information. Who do they talk to? They go over to Alexa and they say, hey, Alexa, blah, 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 blah. And they've got all the information right in their hands. Um, our job now is to help them guide them towards understanding why it matters, right? So they're already online no matter what we do. So we do need to set those foundations as well in digital citizenship. They need to know what it means to be a good citizen. And in today's world, being a good citizen also means being a good citizen online. So setting those. Uh, common sense education, you can't get any better than that, especially with the young students. I love how they take these big ideas, you know, even something like giving credit for your work. And they've done a masterful job at bringing it down to the understanding of a five-year-old. When they start talking about giving creative credit to what you've done, the kindergarten lesson talks about putting your name on your paper, putting your name on like, wow, creative credit is this big idea that so many adults don't understand. But common sense media takes it down to, I drew this beautiful picture and I put my name on it and it wouldn't make me feel good if other people put their name on it. So this digital citizenship, um, how to be safe online, well, we liken it to when we go to an unfamiliar park, right? Common sense has already put together these great lessons. You know, how do I be safe in my neighborhood? How do I be safe at the park? How do I be safe online? I only go where I have permission to go. I only go to places that are right for me. Uh, there, there's nothing better in my opinion than common sense education when it comes to those early primary appropriate lessons. I, I agree and um... What I really like is how they take the real world situation and apply it to the digital online world. Like you said, I can't I, I can't go to the park without my mom's permission and I can't go anywhere online without permission. The name on the paper and the digital credit, it's all creating that base. Right. And so we as teachers, we can start giving them some safe spaces where they can practice digital citizenship. I think of um, giving them audience through tools like Seesaw or Google Classroom, just giving them an opportunity to practice in a kind of contained way. We don't want five-year-olds just having the run of YouTube when it comes to the feedback. I mean, you have to get, put them in a little bit of a bubble to start. Um, we wouldn't just let anyone comment to them. We want to make sure we give some authentic places to have audience, but a little bit of you know, some constraints, right? So um, audience, just giving them a place to have audience. Right, well, we scaffold that experience just like we scaffold everything else for them, mm -hmm. right? We have to. Right, right. Um, another great one. Um, I know you guys have talked to, you've talked to Brian Costello before with his Global Audience Project. Is yes, right? he's, he was a great guest. Yeah, um, I love that too, because that idea of you, you want an audience, so you seek out an audience through his project or, um, you can be an audience. Maybe you want to watch what someone else is doing. So I love that too. That's another, you know, tipping tiptoe into audience is seeking out other teachers who would also like to have audience for their little learners. Great way to connect to other teachers. So yeah, I really like that because it kind of gives them an opportunity to get their feet wet to see what it's like, but in a in a safe and controlled way. For sure. For sure. Lots of tools available for that. You know, you have Padlet, you have Flipgrid, you have, I said, Seesaw, Google Classroom, just a way for them to connect slightly beyond the four walls of the classroom. My uh, 
kinder and first grade teachers. We've been doing training on Flipgrid and they are so excited about it. Mm -hmm. um, and they plan to connect. They're starting by connecting to other kinder and first grade classrooms in our district. Mm -hmm. So just kind of branching out a tiny bit. If you, you know, you talked about me on the map earlier. So it's kind of that idea where we're, we're just, here's me and here's my neighborhood. Here's my community. So we're branching out a little bit. I, I really like that. I um, got to see um, Bonnie McClelland did an amazing Ignite at ISTE this last year um, where she did uh, a gingerbread man project and her gingerbread man went on a little adventure. And it was the most amazing example to me of kindergartners connecting beyond their classroom because all they did was send the gingerbread man on a few little adventures, but the kids like that mattered to them. That was their gingerbread man. And they got to watch him travel from place to place. And of course then find his way home. So all of the things tied to um, collaboration and creativity and communication with others and everything we want in the classroom, but into something meaningful and relevant to the, to the little learners. Well, and I think that's key because they really aren't at an age where they can think in an abstract fashion yet. So having that physical gingerbread man or whatever it's going to be, I think that's um, that's very helpful in kind of giving them a context. Yeah, definitely. You know, we have technology and we want to get them started. You know, technology foundations are just as important as the reading foundations and the math foundations and the geo foundations, getting them experiences with the modern tools, whether that's their iPads or their Chromebooks or some kind of shared uh, devices. We, we have goals for that technology. It's there for a reason. We want them creating original content. We want to give them an audience, right? An audience to shine for. Um, connecting them to those causes. We talked about things that matter, causes that matter, food drives, it's October, right? And then of course, so they contribute. They can contribute to the world. Absolutely. Well, that was our timer. Do you have any last comments or thoughts that you want to leave us with? You know, it's, you know, if you're a teacher who's new to this idea, um, just start small. Take one little idea. That's what I try to tell all teachers I have the opportunity to work with. Start with one small idea and then just build from there. That's great. Well, thank you so much for being on. I, it was really wonderful having you. Um, if you enjoyed the show and you're, you're a listener who enjoyed the show, please leave us a comment to let us know. And tonight's comment question is, what do you do to make digital citizenship meaningful to your little learners? Um, we're going to be on a little bit of a different schedule. Instead of being on in two weeks, please join us in three weeks for our next episode, Monday, February 26th, when our guest will be John Carippo. He'll be talking about edu protocols. Well, that will be a good one. Absolutely. Don't miss it. If, you know, whenever John's on some, you never know what's going to happen, but you know it's going to be good. For sure. For sure. Well, it was great talking to you, Nancy. Thank you. Please don't forget to subscribe to hear more about easy ways to innovate in your classroom. We're always looking for guests to share the great things they're doing. So if you know someone who fits the bill or you'd like to be a guest like Susan, please visit tlc.ninja and complete the contact form to let us know. So thanks again, Susan, and thanks to everyone for listening. Bye-bye.